this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. What is up, everybody, and happy new year. It is 2023. Unbelievably. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Sorry, just trying to figure out how to turn everything off. Yeah. <laughs> haven't done that in such a long time. Uh, some would argue not long enough, and those people would be correct, yes. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, what's going on, everybody? Everybody having a good New Year so far? It seems to be, seems to be pretty good. We're going to get into some political nonsense in a moment, because there's been some of that going on. But also, um, did everybody here in the Northeast notice that uh, I brought spring back just for you guys? You guys are welcome. Also, I'm looking in the monitor feed here. The beard is coming in nicely. I feel like I've got I've to trim it because I've got extra pieces like this. I'm sure this will be a thing for the top 20 if you want to check that out. Uh, by the way, the top 20 is out. Brand new one today on StrangerHood TV. You can check them out every Thursday morning at midnight or midnight 01 if you wanted to sleep in a little bit. Uh, it's the top 20 from the top 20 countdown, no relation of the Hard Rock Bunch. Well, technically it's some relation, but it's not a lot of relation. Like, how much relation do you have to need? Like, it's not like Alabama cousin relation, if you know what I mean, but... Speaking of which, I watched a two-minute video last night uh, on why it's pronounced Arkansas and not Arkansas. And if I could get that two minutes back, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> I do see a lot of really interesting and intelligent things on uh, on YouTube, like because it filter bubbles you. So, like, depending on what you're watching and stuff, but like, but I have a lot of nonsense on there too. So. <laughs> Ah, yes. <laughs> Social media, am I right? I want to bring back MySpace. Can we get MySpace back? I heard Tom was interested in taking over Twitter. Goddamn, that would be the greatest goddamn thing ever, in my opinion. Got quiet. That's better. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I am just I am just so damn tired. So, uh, I've noticed uh, a lot of people... Um, starting their new year with uh, not necessarily resolutions per se, but they, they're, you know, doing their thing, doing what they do. Uh, a lot of people are just trying to be happier. Certainly people that I know are trying to do that and trying to like let a lot of other stuff go. Uh, and that does not seem to be specific to this, you know, group of people that, that I know. It seems to be a general consensus, which I think is funny because it is really the only answer to what's been the past two years of kind of like real awful behavior towards each other like a lot of anger and a lot of hatred and stuff and um 
you know, even to the point where, like, I was at a job yesterday and I was, you know, referring to, you know, about perspective and perception. Like, there's there's a couple ways you can handle stuff that's really bothering you, right? Like, you can try and deal with it and make it go away, or you can not let it bother you, right? Like, that's really all you got. And what I've found over the past couple of years is in the face of incredible obstinance by, you know, a select group of people, you can't really, you can't make a lot of it go away. Like, a lot of it really does kind of exist forever, you know. It's, um, I didn't get to go into this at all, but it's it's kind of a funny, and oh, by the way, before I even start that, the new Top 20 is out. I don't honestly remember what we talked about, but please check it out, like it, and comment on it and stuff, and I'll, I'll get back to you in the comments at some point, um, because... The top 20 on Stranger TV is woefully underwatched, and in my opinion, woefully underutilized. But I don't know how to—I don't know how to share that better. I just—I suck at that particular job. I'm good at this job. Well, you could argue that, but I feel like I'm good at this job. So, but I'm not so good at the other job, and that seems to be pretty much the way my entire life has worked. <laughs> I really just need somebody to be able to make money off of me and just like lock me in a closet and let just go do what it is you do and, and just go from there. But. Anyway, so I have this, like, anecdote about um, just kind of the way things are going. Now, I've talked over the past couple years, right, about, like, sort of the way the political anger is working and stuff like that. And that's, you know, a lot of that's by design, right? And and what's even more by design is the fact that they're not, the people in power are really not trying to stop it. I mean, for, for whatever it's worth, the people that think for a living are trying to offer up reasons for all these things, and people that are smart enough to understand those things can kind of see, oh, yeah, that makes sense, and that checks, and people run stuff by, like, their common sense tests and their, you know, sniff tests or whatever else. Whatever else you do, you have in your life to kind of go through life knowing that you're kind of doing what you think is correct, right? Like, I... I'm proudly wearing my flat Mars shirt because it makes fun of people that believe in flat Earth. And I don't mean to do that to be mean. I mean to do that because I'm trying to ridicule people that think they know something about something without knowing anything about something. Like, it's you can't just make statements about stuff that you think or want to be fact, but it's not. Like, it's provably not. You know, when you talk to, you know, like, I understand that there's... People cha- like people challenge this stuff all the time. Like, well, science is constantly changing. Yeah, yeah, man. A lot of theoretical science is theoretical. It's in the name, right? Like, so when they talk about like the stuff that the James Webb Telescope is learning about the Big Bang and like black holes and deep space, it's challenging theoretical astrophysics, right? Nobody was actually like, no, I was there, so I know what happened. It's all theories. It's in the name. That's what a theory is. Something you think. Like, here, for the slow among you, like, think this. Think theory. Right? They both start the same way. Now, I know. I'm just coming up with this now. And uh, maybe this will blow your mind. Maybe it'll just ruin your Thursday. Either way, it's completely fine with me. But that's what we think happened. Nobody says we know for sure. Right? And sometimes there's generally accepted theories. Like, don't forget, for a very long period of time, the Earth revolved around the sun. And as we all know, the Earth revolves around spoiled white kids. I have no idea what I was going to talk about. Oh, right. So, 
So people in charge are not doing their part to stem the infighting of, you know, intellect and political ideology and all that other stuff because they're doing their own shitty thing. Like, it is a provable fact by economic standards, by and by actually any metric, that big corporations right now are using the cover of inflation to rake in record profits. If this is news to you, you have not been listening to this show enough. This is a fact. If the inflate if inflation was killing companies like corporations, ExxonMobil would be charging $27 million for a gallon of gas because you'll pay it. You'll have to pay it because you have to go to work, right? Like, I mean, I suppose there's like some sort of cutoff at which point gas costs too much that you can't even go to work. And by the way, that's a childcare issue that nobody seems to give a shit about, which I can't figure out. And that went back to like the Clinton days when Clinton tried to give more money to to people on on welfare and and childcare assistance because what was happening is childcare cost so much that it actually was cheaper for people to not work. Because it was, it would take it in Detroit, and I'll never forget this particular story. And I'm sorry I'm all over the map, but it is Thursday, and that happens sometimes. Uh, I'll never forget this story. It was this woman that was working two jobs, and they were interviewing interviewing her while she was riding a bus to her first job. I believe it was like a cleaning job, like an office cleaning job. So it was like kind of early in the morning, like five in the morning. So she was going, and they were talking to her about like. You know, how much does like stuff cost? And she was making about $190 a week, and it was costing her about $110 a week for childcare. And she was debating at what point that was actually going to not be worth working anymore, right? So that's that's a whole other issue. But but my point is uh, these corporate these corporations are using the, the this distraction of inflation and of course enjoying all the distra- distraction of Democrats versus Republicans, which we really ought to talk about because the Republicans are embarrassing themselves so bad. Although they're doing exactly what everybody said was going to happen. Like this is what happens when people that are incapable of leading are leading. Like this, it's been two days without a speaker. Like they're trying, they're supposed to be working for us. What they're trying to do right now is pick their favorite. Like they're trying to. Pick Pick a favorite. They're not even doing our work. They're trying to figure out who's in charge. Like, dude, this is literally the most ridiculous thing I've seen in my lifetime. Like, you can't even figure out who's in charge and you're going to run the government? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, anyway. So these corporations are using the distraction of everything else that's going on. It basically gouge consumers like Amazon and ExxonMobil and, you know, uh, like Microsoft. Like all these companies are making record profits, which basically proves that there's no inflation. And not profits by dollars, profits by percentage, right? That's actually why the stock market is starting to go up. Like... Although the stock market actually reacts really weirdly. Like, as soon as there were a lot more people unemployed, the stock market went up. And the reason that is is because with more people unemployed, that makes a stronger economy. And you need to go to at least Economics 102 to understand a bunch of that stuff. But um, I'm at the point now where I don't even remember what I started talking about. And that is hella not unusual. Distractions, corporations. Oh! Right, so corporations are doing all this stuff that they've always wanted to do, but they never had the cover of something like inflation. If you'll notice, most places are still talking about the 
customer, like the service delays and, uh, you know, all that, like uh, shipping delays and, you know, all that kind of stuff, that doesn't exist anymore, right? The only place that that really kind of comes into play is when companies aren't hiring enough people. And people aren't, companies aren't hiring enough people, A, because people don't want to work because it's not worth it all the time to work. And B, in a lot of places where the federal minimum wage has actually kicked in or the state minimum wage. Like if you're from Long Island, by the way, there was just an increase in the, in the, in the state minimum wage. New York City's had $15 for a few years, but the rest of the state just went to like 14 something. I bet you didn't even know that. I know I didn't know that. I also know, I also found out that Governor Hochul just nominated some really, really bad dude to be like the head of the judges in New York. And like, I've got to do some more research because that's not cool. I was not a fan of Hochul before, but man, I don't like that at all. Anyway, um, so they're using all this all this cover to do all this really messed up stuff. They're not hiring enough people to do the jobs. And yeah, there's a lot more people on unemployment, so people are available, but people don't necessarily want to be treated like shit for $11 an hour. That's at least a $13 an hour job, I think. So they really are going to have to pony up, but they don't want to because the most expensive thing in any corporation is labor costs, especially if you have to kick in stuff like benefits, which are just through the roof. Uh, no thanks to the Republicans in Congress. Thank you very little. Also, they are now making all these changes and monopolies. Like, you'll start, if you if you watch, you'll start seeing how many companies like trying to merge. Like, Kroger's is looking to merge right now with another food thing. Like, that's bad. Like, we do not want companies to just keep merging because they screw you over. They'll say it's going to be cheaper. It's never cheaper, dude. If, 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 if a food company, like if King Collin and Kroger's merge, do you honestly think the price of bread is going to go down? No. They're just going to pocket more profit. That's why they're doing it. Nobody's trying to do it so you can save a couple of bucks on milk. Ever. No, nobody has ever done that. Like, they just never happens. You can never trust a corporation when they tell you they want to do that. Sometimes two companies cannot stay in business unless they merge because they're losing money. That kind of thing I understand. But if two profitable companies want to merge... Why do you think they want to merge? We're going to save customers' costs. That's a load of shit, and you really should know better by now. Anyway, so over the holiday weekend, my littlest sister uh, and her partner came uh, to visit us, and uh, she made the mistake of flying southwest out of Denver. <laughs> Which normally wouldn't be a punchline, but since it's actually... Probably as hard of a task as anything you've ever seen on an amazing race at this point to actually fly out of Denver on Christmas week on Southwest. They finally made it. They routed through Nashville. They landed in LaGuardia at 3 a.m. on Christmas morning without their luggage. Yeah, why Why on earth would you need luggage? So as much as I was kind of trying and, like, wishing that Southwest would be cool about that and send, like, pictures of their luggage like having a great time in nashville they didn't do that what they actually did is since uh leah had flown in so so late and basically had a 15 15 hour journey from denver which isn't actually all that much less than you could drive i'm kidding it's a little bit more than that um they had this whole adventure and then they decided to not wait online with all the people that had lost their luggage at 3 a.m. on Christmas morning um, to fill out the paperwork required to to do all that, to get their luggage back. So they decided they would just go to the hotel, and then they would go in the morning on Christmas Day and try and do all that. So they, they did all that, and eventually they got an email, a really nice email from Southwest, basically saying, like, well, you didn't fill out the paperwork at the time that your luggage was lost. So basically it's your fault for losing the luggage to which I almost passed out and died laughing. 
I've seen corporations do a lot of shady stuff, but my God, being like, well, you know, it's if you think about it, it's funny, really, because if you didn't fly Southwest, you'd have your luggage right now. So whose fault is it really? It's been well over a week, and I am still laughing about it. <laughs> so, like, so much fun. They did eventually get their luggage back days later, I might add. We had to lend them jackets and stuff because they didn't have any luggage. <laughs> like, that's just how that works. But Southwest will probably be under some sort of congressional investigation, and nothing's going to happen because nobody cares. Everybody forgets, and everybody will be on to the new thing, like why Kevin McCarthy can't be Speaker of the House, and why you have 20 Republicans that are basically just being dicks. I mean, I'm fine with a with a dissenting minority in both parties. Like, I actually kind of find it funny that this is like the first time the Dems have been completely unanimous again, you know, on on any issue actually. But every single Democrat in the House is voting for Hakeem Jeffries, who is the Democratic leader and currently the minority leader of the House. That every single one, and actually, I guess. Since he's getting all the Democratic votes, I guess he's getting the most votes in the House for Speaker. There is no way they're going to let uh, a Democratic um, a Democratic spe- Speaker, a Democratic member of Congress, become Speaker of a Republican House. There's just no way. But I will say, and I don't watch a lot of her interviews because, uh, frankly, uh, AOC is just like a bit to my left. And sometimes she's very much to my left, and I don't like that at all. But she actually said something really interesting. She said that what what so what's happening now? If you don't know, if you haven't been following, is that Kevin McCarthy is making all kinds of stipulations to these twenty really hardcore extremist Republicans. I mean, these are like Matt Gates, you know, the sex trafficker from Florida, and what's her name, Lauren Bobert, who is like probably the dumbest member of Congress in history. Although Marjorie Taylor Greene does give her a run for the money, but. I don't know what the exact rankings are, but, like, she is making these concessions. He is making these concessions to them constantly. And the latest concession, after losing the vote for a sixth time yesterday, is apparently he's willing to give up this particular option where he is going to allow any member of Congress to call for a snap vote that could remove him from power. So if he's not doing something that Matt Gates wants, which I assume is trafficking 17-year-old girls across straight lines, because that's all I really know him for, he can call for the removal of McCarthy. And if everyone's kind of got enough sand in their vagina that they don't like him that day, they could remove him as speaker, and then we'll be right back here again doing the people's business. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that crazy? Like, this is what we're talking about. But then I watched this interview with AOC, and she was saying, like, You know, McCarthy really could come to the Democrats and peel off maybe like 10 Democrats by only promising them some chairmanships of certain committees. Not such a bad bad job. I mean, I don't know that they're going to get like the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher position, but like they might get like herbology and maybe that's something. I will say the other thing that McCarthy has offered to give these 20 Republicans is that he's going to gut the House Ethics Committee. Now, I don't know if you can put all those words together, but the House Ethics Committee is a committee of people that investigate ethics challenges or questionable ethics charges in the House of Representatives. Like, these are the people that like are going to go after George Santos for basically lying his way into office. 
They're also the same people that are investigating these same 20 Republicans. I know, it's crazy. Ethics violations are not super punished in the House. Like, not like you go to jail for them. You have to refer them to the Justice Department. But they can do stuff like strip you of your chairmanship of a committee or remove you from committees altogether. And if you're not on committees, you're not really doing much of a job in 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 Congress. And that's kind of what you have to do. And the people who just kind of coast by and don't do anything, like... They don't really have a lot of influence, and they're not really bringing much into their state, which is actually what's super funny about the George Santos thing. And if you don't know George Santos, please take two minutes of your life and Google George Santos and see what happens, because he is now the congressional representative from most of Nassau County and eastern Queens. So he represents, I don't know, a lot of you. A good amount of people that listen to my show. He's your representative. This dude lied about being Jewish so he could, like, take advantage of the Holocaust, which... (laughs) Of things to take advantage of, I'm not sure that I would go with that. But he also lied about just about everything else, including where he worked, when he went to college. He's also under investigation for fraud in Brazil. In Brazil, yo! Like, dude, like... I thought you had to do fraud to be in Brazil, but, like, I don't know, because I've never been there. I just assume. But there have opened up a court case, and as I saw on Brian Taylor Taylor Cohen's blog uh, blog yesterday, is that, yeah, we do indeed have an extradition treaty with Brazil. And this dude, if he's convicted, will look look at five years in a Brazilian prison, and that probably isn't as good as it sounds. you imagine being extradited to Brazil? Like, <laughs> But the most important part of the whole George Santos thing is, like, he is a pariah in Congress. If you want to watch something funny, just watch any of the YouTube stuff about him and his first day where reporters are, like, talking. There's a scene where he's, like, looking at his phone, and the, the he's just ignoring all the reporters, and the reporters finally like, are you pretending to look at your phone right now? And of course he is. I would be. <laughs> Oh, I hope my mom texts me. I hope my mom texts me. Yeah, man. But the most important part of that and the reason he's getting so much grief from people in Nassau County is because no one wants to work with him. He's an absolute pariah. He's an absolute laughingstock. He is a goddamn joke. And Republicans sent him to Washington. And now no one wants to work with him. Do you think there's going to be any projects or any benefit to Oyster Bay, Long Island or, you know, Astoria? Glen Cove, Glenhead, you think any of those places are going to reap the benefits of their representative in Washington? Absolutely not. And I could not be happier because you dum-dums sent a liar to Congress. And that's what happens. I mean, hopefully they'll find something with because he, apparently the dude was late on his rent, but yet lent his, his campaign committee $705,000. Now, I don't know what you know about campaign finance law, but you can probably imagine that you cannot loan yourself $705,000 to your campaign if A, you don't have $705,000 and B, you got $705,000 through improper campaign finance donations. Like, I didn't even get to any of the good stuff I wanted to talk about today. But I wanted to say, everybody that's trying to turn this stuff around and let stuff go and just kind of enjoy life and not be as mad as I am on a regular day, <laughs> on a regular basis for absolutely no reason about stuff that really doesn't matter. Like, honestly, good for you. I'm super proud of you. 
I myself am still a work in progress, but it's going to be a long year, man. And I've got till December 31st to figure it out. So that's where we're at. <laughs> Hard Rock Lunch Box. Just diving in really quickly to the whole Birds Aren't Real movement. I have been a fan and a proud sponsor of the movement for quite a while. And honestly, I will tell you, the first time we heard about it, uh, we were listening to the Stern Show and listening to the interview with the guy. And I have to say, he, he makes some really good points if you want to look into exactly how conspiracy theories work. Like, he talks about, like, why are birds always on, on power lines? It's because they're recharging, man. Like, obviously... There's a lot to be said there. Uh, you know what's funny is that there's actually more evidence for birds not being real than there is for flat Earth. So I think we should look into it. Like, is I'm just saying. I'm a proud supporter. Birds aren't real. 2023. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things about uh, Spotify is uh, whenever they're, you know I get a lot of music from their Discover Weekly and their release Radar. But a lot of times I get stuff from bands, especially older bands, that they're releasing new material. And, like, you know, you got to know, right? Like, the nine out of times, nine out of ten times, that, like, new music is going to not be as good as the old music. Sometimes it's still good, right? Like, I found good stuff for sure doing it that way. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, But um, not always. (laughs) And this was the case. Like, something spun up in my Discover Weekly reminded me of, like, Matchbox 20. Band that was, like, super popular. Like, I didn't like a lot of their bigger hits. But there were definitely a couple of songs in there that I liked over the time, you know, that they were kind of big. And actually, one of my favorite ones is ones of the when they were like completely uh, like after the whole, um, you know, uh, push and 3 a.m., which were fine songs. I didn't think they were the songs that everybody thought they were. But like, you know, hey, obviously, what do I know? Because I'm still recording music in a basement. Um, but. Some of the latter Matchbox 20 songs I thought were actually quite good as, as they learned how to write, which is funny if you think about it, because like once you actually learn how to write outside of just like this pop, bubblegum, candy, something, whatever kind of music that, I don't know, maybe the unwashed masses can respond to because they can understand. As soon as you put in something a little more complicated, they're out the door. And honestly, that's fine with me, because there's less traffic on the Matchbox 20 Ticketmaster site instead of uh, all the Swifties hogging up all the room. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Little Machine Gun Kelly for ya. Uh, Bloody Valentine. So listen, feels like, feels like things have been going pretty well on the show so far. And I don't know what you know about entropy, (laughs) but I feel like it's time to throw all kinds of sticks into those spokes. So, with this next song, which by the way, I was completely blown away by when I heard it. Like just... So blown away for so many reasons, and I can't even give you the reasons now because it's going to ruin the surprise. If you haven't heard it, and you probably haven't, since a lot of people actually didn't even know that this was a, a an actual band until I started playing them. Uh, and not, I'm not taking credit; like they would have done fine without me. Believe me, <laughs> they do just fine. But this version of this cover, and you know how I am about covers. Like I feel like it's stupid if that's how you're making your money. And no offense to people in cover bands, I understand that it's not you; it's the people that, that go to see you that I have the problem with. But um, like I don't like use I don't like wearing like someone else's used underwear. It's kind of like that going to see a cover band. Like you know, no offense. Just this. you can't tell me like oh I love live music. There's lots of live music. Don't do that. All right, before I get sidetracked and ruin everything. So, this is an amazing song anyway, 
And the fact that the cover is almost exactly on point with like very little changes proves just how amazing the original was. And this is how when we in Rebel 9 discuss covers, we, we have one of two covers, right? Well, that's not true. We have a third cover. The, the third reason we would do a cover is something very specific. Like when we did like the Craving uh, medleys and stuff like that. And even when we did the Rebel 9 medleys. I mean, technically not a cover, but you know what I mean. Like that was something specific for an occasion. Uh, but we have one of two reasons for doing a cover. Either we want we hear a song that we can totally change up and make our own. We did that when we did Plowed. Um, and we did that when we were doing um, like Cashmere and stuff like that. Uh, Psycho Killer and all that other stuff. And then other times we do a cover and we do it kind of exactly as it is because in our opinion it's absolutely perfect as is. And that's how it is when we do something like uh, uh, Swerve City from Deftones, right? Like uh, we don't change that at all other than vocally because I can't sing exactly the way Chino does. But this is a cover of a song where it's pretty much exactly on point with the original. And because of that, it captures all of the nuance and all of the, I don't know, I want to I say like heart strain. Like it just, uh, it just aches to hear it. And it's a good ache. So like I said, this is either going to be a good thing or a bad thing. But it's a great goddamn song and a great cover. Hard Rock Lunch Box. So I was talking to Mikey from uh, something heavy earlier today. We're just sort of talking about like the show a little bit, uh, and he asked me if I still like doing it. And I said that there you are know, reasons that I still do this show. Uh, and you know, one of the things I really do like about doing this show is is kind of bringing in new music, or you know, just bringing in even old music that people haven't heard or haven't heard in a long time. Just trying to create this like two-hour weekly block where we just basically hang out from wherever we are. Right, and and whoever listens live, like that's awesome. There's a lot of people. I mean, surprisingly, still a lot of people that listen afterwards that you know download it and like you know, because honestly, like I I think I play like sixty percent to seventy percent good music like most of the time, and yeah, I play the you know the f out of some stuff, but like it's usually for short periods, and it's like I don't feel like it gets too annoying, but like. What do I know? I mean, like, I could play more. I, I'm the best. I'm sure that would be fine. I might. Uh, but one of the things I really do get to do that I really do enjoy is that bringing new music to you. Um, to not, not the masses, because we're not masses, but, like, you know, sub-masses. Is it mini-masses? So are we the mini-masses? Ladies and gentlemen, the mini-masses. Actually, if my weight keeps going up, I'm going to be a mini mass. <laughs> um, so I've actually been lamenting lately how there's not like a lot of good local music coming out. I mean, I said, I, I've, I've said in the past like there was a lot in 2020, and not most of it was good. Like most of it was garbage because people are like, "Cool, we're stuck at home. Let's record." It's like. That's not how you do stuff. Like, it really shouldn't be how you do stuff, and yet people did it anyway. That's why there's a lot of garbage that came out in 2020. Not all of it. Some of it, for sure. And then 2021, that slowed down. But it also slowed down like a lot of people weren't doing anything at all. So we just didn't have a lot of music. And a lot of the younger bands, honestly, because they can do it, does not mean that they should do it. Like, I've seen a lot of bands, especially the ones coming out of that, uh, what was it? Rock Island, whatever it was, like most of those bands were some of the hottest garbage I have heard in ages. Just thrown together, just loud and obnoxious, kind of like the 70s were for like punk, but those punk bands were stunningly good. 
And it just doesn't work unless there's some quality control. Like, just because you can move to something doesn't make it a good song. And, like, I listen to that stuff every week because those, like, up-and-coming bands are the bands that I want to work with and kind of, like, curate their catalog and see what they're good. Because those, like, anybody that knows me and has worked with me in the past knows I love bringing that kind of stuff along because I love new music. Like, when I find a new artist I can work with, like... I used to bring them on any show I possibly could. Definitely the Unplugged, some sort of rock show. If they were away, I'd hook up with them on that, you know, wherever we were and kind of stuff. Like, I like doing that. It keeps things it keeps things fresh. It keeps things interesting. And honestly, I like seeing those bands. So it works out for me on a ticket cost perspective. Because if I'm playing this show, I effectively save 10 bucks, Right? Like, it's not the worst. <laughs> it's not the worst thing. But anyway, so this week, I get to play... Not a brand new band, but a brand new band to me. A brand new band to me of younger kids. And also happens to involve the kid of one of our regulars. This is Diane's son. Her His band is going to be playing this Saturday night. Saturday night. If I could speak. Saturday night. Later in the evening at our very own Mr. Beery's. The band is called Voicemail. I'm hoping I have that right. I got the information sent over uh, late last night, which was great because I was able to get it into the catalog. And now I can play it for you. Now, to be fair, I have two songs from Voicemail, uh, which is a great name, by the way. I mean, I'm not sure that it's exclusive. I didn't get a chance to look, but like, I like it. It's catchy to me. Uh, but I have two songs from them. And honestly, I wasn't sure which one I was going to pick because they're both kind of like quirky and interesting. But what's more important about it than anything else is that for a younger band it's it's really quite good and honestly it's good anyway but like i was surprised at how good it was so i am super psyched i know that we're recording guitars on saturday and i don't honestly know if we're going to get out in time to to get to beeries to see it but i would urge anybody else to try and get out there if you're available and don't have plans saturday night Support another up-and-coming local band, but also support an, an up-and-coming local band that's kind of part of our circle. And that's how the Sandbacks really grows and really has always thrived. So I couldn't recommend it more if you're in the area. Go ahead. But I would be remiss if I didn't give you a little taste before sending you out on your mission. So for the first time ever, let me give you one of these. I've got voicemail on the box.
Second half of Mayday Parade's career, man. I don't know, man. Just dig them now. It's like they grew up, learned how to write, and oh, now I like you. <laughs> but I don't know. Can't slam them for the stuff that worked for them back in the 90s or whatever, 80s, 2000s. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, miserable at best. Good song, obviously. Sad song, but it's completely that formulaic nonsense. Now, speaking of formulaic nonsense and stuff that isn't formulaic nonsense. I'm going to need Q to actually weigh in on this song because uh, there was some discussion a couple weeks ago about like what kind of music he actually likes. Now, I am not speaking for him. He is more than capable of speaking for himself. But I happen to think that this is not right up his alley, but it might be in the alley next to his alley. And I heard it, and I was like, oh, this might be good for him. But then we got to the chorus of this song, and I was like, this might be the greatest goddamn song I've ever heard in my entire life. Now, that is some level of hyperbole for sure. Uh, but I will tell you, uh, there's either a curse word in it or a cuss word in it, depending on where you're listening. So you might want to have your hand on the volume button. I personally wouldn't, unless you're going to turn it up. But in my opinion, it might be one of the best choruses ever written. So if you uh, aspiring songwriters out there want to know how to make a great song, you can either listen to this or not listen to this, and you'll probably get exactly where you need to be. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I consider to be the greatest song of the week. Oh, wait. Ah! Song of the week. That one-time Hard Rock Lunchbox segment. It's from Dope. Die, MF. Die. <laughs> I'm excited. Just getting ready for it. Hard Rock Lunchbox. Now... If you're at work and haven't broken at least a few chairs by now, I don't know what else I can do on my end. I am doing my absolute best to create a ruckus here, people. And if you're not picking up what I'm putting down, then you're obviously just sitting down, probably being responsible at work. And honestly, I don't think we have any place for that. But I do actually have a song for that. So the way that Spotify works for me, it works really well because of the way my brain works. So I was listening to Ryan Adams... And I got bored of that really fast, so I switched over to Brian Adams, with a B, who I used to really like back in the day and stuff, because I thought he was just super talented, especially for a Canadian. I mean, am I right? And then I found this really, really 
wonderful, bare bones, just him and a guitar, which is literally one of my favorite things and still on my bucket list of stuff for me to do for myself. And that's going to be a great thing when I finally get around to it. For me, I don't know anybody else going to like it, but... I love that kind of stuff, and I think it's awesome, and it's one of the things I really enjoyed about the Unplugged shows. By the way, I got a message that dude back. Yeah, I am working on more Unplugged shows, by the way, in case you didn't know. Um, yeah. So I stumbled across this thing that I didn't even know existed, and I really dug it. So now we're going to slow everything down and ruin whatever mood's going on, but we'll give you cover with the boss when they walk in, and there's like 37 broken chairs in there from Lamb of God and Dope. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Now, I've been playing a lot of Skindred on the box lately because I really dug that song, but I really haven't found anything else from them that I liked so far until I found this. Now, this is definitely going to enter into the does it box sort of situation right now because I'm trying to figure it out. I even ran it past my middle kid to see what he thought, and he said it wasn't completely in his lane, but he did not like it, and I think he kind of dug it, so... I'm going to run it by you, and we collectively are going to decide, does it box? Which, of course, is just as nonsensical as the rest of the show. But, uh, yeah, man, here's some Skindred. Nobody. In the box. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. When he isn't recording interviews for Bacon is My Podcast, according to the website, now 17 days a week. And when he's not otherwise saving the world, he puts out music so he can slum it with the rest of us on occasion under the monocle, Something Heavy. Here's their latest. It's learning in the box.
Talks. Uh, given the less the comedic circus that's going on in our nation's capital, courtesy of the grand old party, I thought maybe this was appropriate. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Now I know what you're thinking it's definitely time for this week's weekly craving of the week with Craving Strain. I did have the unfortunate task of having to let Jimmy know that not only did he not come in first for the uh, for the 2020 year on countdown. 2022, excuse me, year-end countdown, uh, but he also came in second twice, which I thought would be a good thing, but if you think there's no medal for second place, there's really not two medals for second place, so I'm sorry, Jimmy. I'll see what I can do about homogenizing your plays for next year going forward, because I know that I know that's the only thing you guys worry about over at Crazy Strange HQ. Uh, I don't think this will take it for the year because it's one of my favorites every now and again, certainly when I'm in a upper sort of mood. Not that I've had any uppers. We're clean here at the Hard Rock Lunchbox, at least for two hours, as far as I'm aware. But uh, yeah, if I wanted to live it like it was my last day alive, maybe I wouldn't be so clean. But I'm just saying, and there's your segue for the week. Box. All right, 
everybody. We have come to the end of another Hard Rock Lunchbox. Therefore, I feel it is my responsibility as your host to take this almost perfect show, a no-hitter, if you will, but in music, it's like an all-hitter. So this all-hitter and bring it to either a screeching halt or an epic finish, and I honestly don't know which and still don't seem to care. And I don't think you should either, because I saved it for the end, so now you can take this opportunity to leave if you must. But I will say, before that, like I said at the start of the show, I've been seeing a lot of people looking a little bit more optimistic this year. Not because things are better, but necessarily they need to perceive them as such in order to be happier and move forward. And I could not be more supportive of that. I hope to do that in my own world, and I will support anybody and everybody that wants to do that in theirs. And I will do my little part for at least a couple hours a week, trying to make, bring a little less monotony to the world, a little ridiculousness to our time here, and just some all-around good community, because honestly, everyone that's part of this show, good people all around, and I could not be more honored to share this time with you. That being said, I'm going to ruin this show for some, make it epic for the rest, but either way, I'll see you next week on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Box.